Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile. com slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. So I I used to have a rule that I didn't post photos of the kids on Instagram, either of my stepkids. And the older one was like, please, I look so good in this. And I was like, no, not until you're 14. And that is a year that I made up. I don't know why I decided 14, but I did. And so for her 14th birthday, she was like, okay, now you can post me on social media. And I was like, great. So I posted a photo of the two of us on her 14th birthday, wishing her a happy birthday. I don't post her all the time, but I I put photos of her up on Instagram now and she loves it. She follows me on Instagram and so she will DM me being like, aw, I look so good. And she does look so good. And it is just this like very positive experience for this specific child. But I'm definitely still not posting photos of the 10-year-old and I don't know that she will ever want me to. And I just know that posting our children on social media is really fraught and it's really complicated. And that is what our question is about today. Courtney Brown is a friend of mine. She works with us at Not Sorry. And she has a question about whether or not she should be posting photos of her kids on Instagram. I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and this is Should I Quit? Hi, Courtney. Hi, Vanessa. So, Courtney, you work at Not Sorry with me, so I see you every day because I'm a very lucky person. We're friends. I adore you. But tell the people, like, what what does your life look like? Okay. I'll tell the people I adore you also. That's the most important. (laughs) I spend a lot of time with my family. I have two kids. I have a husband. We live in a neighborhood that is super involved (laughs) with one another. All of our friends are here. So we spend a lot of our recreational time outdoors and having dinner together. And we have monthly happy hours. And that's what a lot of my days look like, just living in community with an actual community that I can walk to. So I'm very confused about one of the things you didn't list. Pickleball? Yes. Yeah. I love pickleball. And it is our neighborhood sport because I bothered everyone enough times. 
and everyone decided they would try it. And so we get together like once or twice a week and play pickleball in the street like we are middle school kids. (laughs) And it's a a complete joy. And I can't wait to show you when I see you in person. (laughs) You're going to teach me pickleball at our summer camp, which, you know, little ad moment is happening in June. And everyone can watch Courtney teach me pickleball, which will probably be the most exciting part of camp. It'll be, it'll be a pretty exciting part of camp for sure. Okay, Courtney, what question are you bringing to the real question today? Okay, so my question is, should I quit sharing my kids to my social media? Great. So no, because I love that content. Good talk. We're done. I knew you would say that. So I brought a lot of reasons. End of episode. <laughs> okay, tell me your reasons. I, I would love to hear it. Because you have two beautiful children. Thank you. Yes. So I have a seven-year-old daughter and I have a four-year-old son. So they are both too young to have their own social media. They don't have devices. The only interaction they have with devices is heavily guided and guarded by me or their dad. And when I think about their age currently, and I realize how much they enjoy seeing themselves on my device... They have that same feeling I got whenever I would see home videos. They have nostalgia already, even though they're young, but they don't have a good concept of internet interaction. They don't understand the internet. They don't get that other people are seeing these things. And so before they get to the age where they can make their own decisions or more of their own decisions about how to handle social media, I want to make sure that I'm being a good steward of content that involves them while they're young. So one of the things that I've been thinking about is I actually brought this question to you, not because I'm concerned for their physical safety. I have a private account. I don't have that many followers. I'm not famous. I'm not using their lives to build a brand, but I'm still sharing who they are to a group of people they've never met. And so I want to think more about that aspect of their safety, their emotional safety or how they'll see themselves differently than I saw myself as a kid watching old VHS tapes at home in the comfort of my living room. What is your intention when you post a photo of one of your kids on Instagram? Yeah, that's a good question. So it started as documentation. And because I'm a deeply nostalgic person and very sentimental I have regularly scheduled photos of our family every year for Christmas cards. I have albums that are tangible that, and I'm really good about uploading them and printing them and sending holiday cards and birth announcements and all those things, but they don't capture what life looks like day to day. And because I'm not walking around with a recorder, like my parents did, you know, lugging it on my shoulder, it goes on my phone. And then The organization, like an actual practical organization intention is that Instagram, for instance, which is kind of what I'm thinking about when I ask this question, helps me organize that content for myself really easily. I can, you know, highlight their lives in a way that is in chronological order or is categorized. And, you know, beyond that, beyond the intention of documenting and holding on to things and stopping time because they're growing up really fast, is that it maybe does bring other people joy. You know, friends love to see what they're up to. Family loves to see what they're up to. It's the same reason that most parents are probably posting their kids to social media so that people who aren't in our daily lives living in the neighborhood 
playing pickleball with me on the regular can see what's going on (laughs) with my kids. So what is your concern? Is your concern, I'll just call your kids by their initials. So is your concern that one day B will be 14 and will look at your Instagram and be like, mom, oh my God, this is mortifying. Or is it something else? I think it is that. I think it's probably something else too. So both and. I worry that I might portray their lives in a way that they don't identify with as they grow. And it isn't even something as severe as a kid who maybe transitions later in life and looks back and is thinking, oh, wow, you shared so much of my life and I'm not that person anymore. Maybe that's my kid's story. And I want to honor that and be careful with that while they're still so young. Or maybe it's just they're embarrassed. And at that point, I feel like consent comes into play. And, you know, if I have a teenage daughter or a teenage son who says, no, I don't want to stop what I'm doing and take a picture, I'm going to say, okay, I say that now. I don't force them to take the photo if they're not feeling it. But I don't ask for permission to share it either because it's my Instagram. It's my social media account. So where is the line of consent? And does it matter beyond the embarrassment, which is something I could easily take down if they don't approve or if they don't feel like it's authentic to who they were as a kid or who they are now, the future self, the teenage self, whatever. I'm trying to weigh, is my pleasure in putting this out into the world, even if it's a private-ish space, worth maybe what would cause them harm or pain or embarrassment later? And to me, it's not when I say it like that, but I'm also anticipating a response from them that I don't know will actually happen. So maybe I'm preparing for a worry that won't even be something that I have to be concerned with later. Does that make sense? Totally. The other thing is just that I think you're minimizing the joy now. It doesn't just give you joy, right? Like, I feel like I know your kids a little bit, even though we live 2,000 miles apart, in part because they jump on our Zoom meetings sometimes. And, you know, but also, like, I love seeing them on Instagram and, you know, knowing that their grandma is seeing the same photo, right? Like, it it makes more adults care about their well-being. And so there is just, like, more investment by more people who care because we're sort of following their lives. So I'd say it's not just about your pleasure. Right. So you're describing like a benefit to them perhaps later that could come from yeah. it, which I I think and is so risk. valuable. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And that is how most questions are on this podcast, right? You're right. weighing risks and you're weighing the good versus the bad or the pros and the cons. And I think another reason why I have considered this more recently too, is because I actually feel more free now sharing them to Instagram because I don't feel so beholden to what other people think about my parenting like I did in the beginning whenever I first started parenting. I know when I first had my daughter and she was very young, I felt by one parent in my friend circle a little bit diminished about how easy my kid was. You know, they're all babies, so they're all hard. They're all crying and needing you all the time. And I remember posting a photo of my daughter crying as an infant to Instagram and then captioning it very passive aggressively. All kids have hard moments. And I, it was almost like a preachy thing. And I remember deleting it just a couple of days later because it felt so gross. And I was like, no, like, 
I'm not trying to be, and there, and there's nothing wrong with mommy blogging or parents looking for support or connection or any of that. I think that's another reason why I do share them to social media because I connect with a lot of moms I don't see, you know, in my daily life because we're both doing that. We're both sharing and talking about what they're up to. And so I don't know. I think I don't want it to feel preachy or judgmental. And I want it to just be for me, but because other people are watching, it's not just for me. It still has like a voyeuristic element, even though that word has like such a negative connotation. I'm wondering, Courtney, this just seems like every parenting concern, right? It's, do I send my kid to sleepaway camp? They'll learn to, you know, be more independent and they'll have so much fun. But what if they're homesick? What if they get bullied? Right? Like, This is like the cost-benefit analysis of just like every parenting decision that can make you lose your mind. I, the other day, knew that the 10-year-old would feel better if she came on a walk with us. She said she did not want to go on a walk with us. And I was like, I would like for her to learn that she gets to make these decisions. Also, she's in a bad mood and she will definitely feel better one minute into this walk. Like, do I force her to, right? Like, do I try to teach her that sometimes doing what you don't want to do actually makes you feel better? Or do I respect her, right? Like, this is just what it is to, like, be a parent. But I'm wondering if this feels different because of social media and because there's, like, a different risk. Or does this feel really similar to, like, the kinds of things we drive ourselves absolutely up the wall doing all the time? Right. Yeah. I think it feels similar in the sense that the process of weighing the risk assessment is similar, but it feels different because there's more of an audience with, you know, whether or not I should force my kid into a situation that I know is good for their well-being, but they're refusing it at this time is not on a stage of any kind. But I, I do think it feels like what you said, this question that all parents are constantly ruminating, what is the lesser of the two evils or what is the next best thing or the next right thing and kind of taking it a step at a time. And I, and again, I might be thinking so far into the future, I could have a kid look at me and say, I don't like that you shared all of this and I want you to take it down and I'll take it down. You know, right? that's an easy, quick fix. And I can ask them at age 12 and I can check in again at age 13 and we can have an ongoing conversation like parents have ongoing conversations about sex and friends and all the other things that, you know, kids are working through. So I think I'm just like trying to do a little bit of damage control ahead of time. And maybe I am overthinking or over worrying when, you know, I'm not sharing so much of their private stories and what's really going on with them to social media. And maybe that would be a different question, you know? I just have one more like really technical question. And that is, yeah, how would it feel to you to like curate a teeny tiny Instagram account? I cannot log back into my private Instagram account. I don't remember any of the information and Meta won't let me, but I had one and I would go through it with the kids. My kids were a little older and be like, oh, you don't know who this person is, do you? And they'd be like, nope. And so I would block them. And I had one friend ask me and I was like, sorry, my kid didn't know who you were. And like, this is where I post photos of them. I have a public account and like, I love you. And when you meet the kids. And I I know that they're too little to like have that conversation. I feel like my older one was like 11. And when she went, went th- through that with me, 
I'm wondering if that's something you feel comfortable doing, like going through and just like kind of like doing the unfollow thing to people and being like, okay, it's like my wedding. I can only invite 250 people. So. Right. So this would start with me creating a separate account. Maybe one where, you know, you show pictures of your neighborhood and pickleball. Maybe it would start with this one becoming your public account and you curating a little bit to start a private account and invite your 50 close friends and just like let that grow organically or the other way around. I think they call it a Finsta, right? (laughs) I've heard of those. I've heard of Finstas. So I think that that would feel good. I think it would take work, but that's why I'm asking the question because I can start thinking about that more actively and set something aside that still feels like I'm sharing and connecting with the people who want to see. I mean, people do that for their pets. Yeah. Probably not to, you know, keep their pets from harm, but because maybe they're also afraid that they're posting so much of the little ones they're in charge of that they're overwhelming the feed and they don't trust other people to just unfollow them if they are seeing too many pictures of said children and said (laughs) pets. Right. And that's fine. I don't have any trouble with someone, you know, saying my content is not for them because I'm not fully making it for them. A lot of it really does feel like it's in my head. It's in, you know, my idea of how my life looks. It's me being able to go back and scroll photos of them from two years ago and just, you know, fawn over how precious they were when they're asleep in the next room and I could just go look at them. It's not the same as remembering. I look at photos with the kids in front of me. They finally go to sleep and all I'm doing is looking at pictures of them when they were tiny and just wishing that I could relive that again. And that's why I don't want to just delete the account or delete all the photos. Like it is something that as an active part of me remembering and like putting those things in my brain and holding on and keeping that time, you know, as it is so fleeting. Another reason why I think a second account might be helpful is that even if they are hurt by it one day, you can show them that you actually put a lot of thought and work into it. And so it's not that you were like being lazy or being reckless. You were like, look, it was only whatever number, right? Like 300 people. And I had this public one where I was posting with our neighbors and our pickleball or a video of you from behind playing the piano where no one would be able to recognize you. And, you know, I did this other account, but this was a special like for for people who I was in touch with account, but I'll, I'll disable the account right now. Yeah. Thinking about that feels good. I think it feels good to have some work to show. Yeah. Because if you're considering it that heavily and this is something I have been thinking about for a while, but not really knowing where to go to alter the process, that makes it feel like, okay, you could do this differently. You could show the care through some action. And if it is still weird or icky, because I don't know how people will feel about Instagram or other forms of social media in 10 years, I'm sure it will change so rapidly. And so we're also asking questions about technology we don't yet understand for the future they would still be able to say, okay, you know, mom did her best to keep these things private and, you know, safe for us. So that feels good. I mean, it's also a values prioritization thing. Like, do you value privacy versus like the joy that this gives you? And those are two really important values. I actually think That is the question with most parenting decisions. Safety and joy, right? We're like, do I let the kid climb the tree? It'll make them so happy. 
I have a visual of them falling on their face and breaking their nose, right? Like, and so again, this just feels like like a public facing and therefore slightly higher stakes feeling question about safety versus joy. Right. And it feels different because when they're putting themselves in physical danger, which doesn't happen very often on my watch, let's be honest. I have very cautious kids and there's just oh my God. not that much going on that they can get into. That's dangerous. Oh my God. My kids are jumping off of things all the time. And Peter's like, let them. And I'm like, right. why? I don't care that they feel right. free and happy. Yeah. And and when it's them wanting to explore something and I can say things like, listen to your body. If it doesn't feel safe, get down from there. But I can't say that to them about what I'm posting to social media because I am the only one making that choice. They are not making the choice. There's no agency there. And so maybe that's part of why it's bothering me so much. And it feels so different than when I'm coaching them through how to be in the world with their bodies physically, you know, on the playground or with other people. And I can model kindness through social media. They still don't understand that right now because they are so young, but I can practice it and show them as they're getting older. And then I'm going to be expected to guide them in that way too, if it's something they want to engage in. So I think it's also this underlying issue of having always wanted to live a certain way so I could have receipts of being a good person to hand to my kids and say, hey, like we, everyone makes mistakes, but ugh, I don't have too many big things I have to confess. And I'm so glad that they're not going to have to come up to these kids that I want, you know, to believe the best in their parents. And that's probably like a shame inducing reason that I'm having this question too. That does lead to a different thing because you don't want a parent out of fear of them judging you, right? You want to parent out of what's best for them. Right. They're going to judge us later no matter what. Yes. There's this balance I'm striking between knowing that I'm going to screw my kids up in some way, but also trying to figure out how few ways that's going to be. <laughs> I don't want this to be one of them. So that's why I'm pondering. Right. It's one of the known unknowns, right? You're like, well, I can't be a great parent in the unknown unknowns necessarily. That's just out there. But this is a known unknown. So should I try to control it? Right. right. I don't know. I think, I think you are trying to control it. If at any point this starts to feel icky to you, if at any point one of your kids curls up with you and goes, mommy, I don't like that that's up there, right? Like, I just have faith in future you that you're going to be like, oh my God, we'll take it down right now. And I just think that there are a million little ways to do this in the gray area. Yeah. And if it starts to feel bad, you'll stop. Unless, does it feel bad now? Or are you just worried that it might one day? Right. It doesn't feel bad, but I think it's just a question that I'm checking in with myself often, just like I'm checking in with myself often about, is this the right school? For my kids? Are we exposing everyone <laughs> culturally like I want us to be? Is the interaction that my kids have with other kids being guided in a way that shows kindness and, you know, gentle play? Like, like you're just constantly running over scenarios in your brain about how to train your kids in a way that gives them a chance to be their own person, but also not be an asshole in the world because even kids can be that. And then you're thinking, this is an aspect of their life, though, that at this time 
they're not having any say really about. So they're cute and adorable and bringing me joy and other people joy. And so that doesn't feel bad posting for those reasons, but maybe it feels bad because I'm doing something that they haven't given explicit permission. And maybe one of the answers is just don't do it until they can. Or maybe like you've suggested, I land in making it more private so that my story is still projected on Instagram or social media or whatever platform without taking too many of their life details and projecting those to such a larger group of people. It still feels like that question in the back of my mind that is asking, but are you giving them the agency here? Or are you just deciding this is what's cute and fun and so you're going to just post it and they need to just be cool with it? But you're not saying they need to be cool with it. You're saying as soon as they're not cool with it, you'll take it down. Yeah. And I don't think... To be tr- to be honest, I don't think they're hurting. Like, this is not hurting them now. This exactly. is such a question for retrospective child A, child B. You know, that's, that's what I'm looking at. And so I guess I feel comfort in a few options. One of them being, I just give this a break and see how it feels. Or I start curating something separate that's even more private and more exclusive. Or I lean into the joy part and I don't stress about what there's no data to prove yet. And when my kids give the first indication of this isn't comfortable for me, I listen and I keep checking in. So I know there's not one right answer and I certainly don't pass judgment on anyone else who's doing it differently. I just want to be really thoughtful about the way that I present them through my feeds. Courtney, do you have a sense of which of those three you'll try out? Yeah, I think I would like to try having maybe a separate account that can be a little more exclusive. And if people, they want to know what's happened to my kids because they've disappeared from my regular feed, I can tell them I'm making a change. I'm making something a little more private and you're welcome to you know be part of it if you want. Here's the account. It's not hard to do that on the internet and find new Instagrams. And or I've made a new account and I'm sorry. It's just for family. Right. Yeah, that's true too. It gives that chance of declining a follow from someone that maybe really had no business knowing what was going on with my kids in the first place. So, Well, here's here's what I know for sure. I know that your kids are going to look back and be like, mom was a very thoughtful and loving mom. And like, I don't know. That's all. That's all any of us can do. Thank you. Courtney, thank you so much. I'll talk to you in five minutes. (laughs) Okay. See you then. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Should I Quit, our latest season of The Real Question. Our show is funded through Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. And if you're a regular listener, we would really appreciate your support. Another way that you can support the show is by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Question Pod and Twitter at The Real Cute Pod. We love. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Our BFF tier patrons, Molly Reilly, Kristen Hall, Mary Margaret, Becky Boo, Jenny Cruz, Amanda Schramm, Effie Hugh, Shannon Sheehan, and Renee Underhill. We are a Not Sorry production. Our executive producers are Annie Nettleman. Our music is by Nick Bull, and we are distributed by Acast. Thank you so much to Courtney for joining us today. And thanks, as always, to Julia Argy, Nikki Zoltan, Lara Glass, AJ Ramas, Hannah Rehack, Margaret H. Wilson, Courtney Brown in a different capacity, Casper Turkile, and Stephanie Paulsell. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you next week.